Welcome to Women Who Sarcast. I'm Kathy Barron. I've added a new segment to Women Who Sarcast called Real Deep Shit. These episodes will be about current events and topics that are real and deep. Just you and me. Real Deep Shit will be broadcasted every third Tuesday of the month. So let's jump in. Uh, Homelessness. We're all affected by it. Whether you've been homeless, you know someone who has been homeless, or you walk by or talk with someone who is homeless, it's real and it's deep. Homeless people are human just like the rest of us. And every two years, during the last 10 days of January, communities across the country conduct comprehensive counts of the local population experiencing homelessness. And this is to measure the prevalence of homelessness in each community. It's called the point-in-time count, and it's required by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, a.k.a. HUD. So not only is this just a requirement for HUD, but communities around the the country use this point-in-time count to see how they're doing with ending homelessness. So I live in Alameda County, and uh, there's a organization, Everyone Home. You can find them at everyonehome.org. And all of this information is on their website, so it's public information. And they do a 2019 homeless count and survey. So not only do they do this point-in-time count, but they also give a survey to a sample of like 1,600 unsheltered and sheltered individuals and families experiencing homelessness. So the survey gathers basic demographic details, as well as information on residency, housing history, personal characteristics, and intersections with the service system. And in the study, the HUD definition of homelessness for the point-in-time count is used. So this definition includes individuals and families living in a supervised publicly or privately operated shelter designated to provide temporary living arrangement or with a primary nighttime residence that is a public or private place not designed for or ordinarily used as a regular sleeping accommodation for human beings, including a car, park, abandoned building, bus or train station, airport, or camping ground. So what they found in this point in time count and survey is that the homeless census population for 2019 was 8,022 people. In 2017, it was 5,629 people. So this point in time count is done every two years. Out of those sheltered and unsheltered, 79% were unsheltered, 21% were sheltered. There were 6,312 unsheltered, homeless. The duration of current episode of homelessness, so basically there were 63% that have been homeless for one year or more. 24% were one to 11 months and 5% was 30 days or less. So the primary causes of homelessness, these are the top six responses. 13% is they lost their job. 12% is mental health issues. 10% substance use issues, 9% 
eviction, foreclosure, 9% rent increase, and 8% incarceration. So when you see someone that's homeless walking down the street or possibly sitting on a sidewalk, panhandling, or even, you know, if your community has encampments or tent cities, kind of think about what your assumptions are of these people. You know, they've lost their job. They don't have the resources. They don't have family or friends or any support around them to help them get the the resources that they need and get them the help that they need. And the unsheltered population by location is 34% live in a tent, which is about 2,200 people. 23% live in a car or van, which is 1,400 people. 22% live in an RV. 20% live on the street or outside, which is about 1,200 people. And about a percent live in abandoned building. So in my community, there are a lot of tent encampments. You can go into Oakland and walk down the street and see many encampments. Or even if you drive under the overpass, you see a huge tent encampment. There's also been a lot of vehicle communities um, in the neighborhoods, around businesses, and It's because, you know, and some of these people do have jobs, but they can't afford the rent. I mean, as some people may know, the Bay Area is ridiculous as far as rents. And people can't afford it, regardless if they have two or three jobs. And so they have to live in their car. So a lot of the agencies are creating safe parking spots. So it's a safe area. They have porta-potties. They have cleaning stations for people. So they can park their RV, car, truck, you know, whatever they may be staying and living in. And it's in a safe area, which is great because there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of theft. There's a lot of drugs in encampments on the street, um, in shelters even. And that's why a lot of the homeless don't want to stay in shelters because of the violence and the theft, um, they would rather live on the street than actually live in a shelter. So a couple of things that in the survey, uh, as far as how homelessness could have been prevented, might have been prevented, is 33% said they, if they got rent assistance, they could get off the street. 30% said if they had benefits um, or income, 23% employment assistance, and 21% mental health services. So, you know, the people that are living on the street, they want help. They want a place to live. They want assistance. They want resources, whether it's medical, mental health, substance use treatment, um, temporary housing. They want this. Um, As far as the housing in the Bay Area, you know, there's money, But there's not many units available to house the 8,000 people that we have in the county that need housing. And developers are building apartments, but they're not affordable. They're not available for people that are trying to get off the street, that just live off their SSI. You know, they can't afford $1,000 rent a month because that's basically their whole SSI check. 
So 52% affordable rental housing. This is how new money should be spent. And according to the individuals that were surveyed, the 1,681 people that were surveyed, 52% said affordable rental housing, 38% permanent help with rent and subsidies, 31% want employment training and job opportunities, 22% want substance use mental health services, and 20% said emergency shelter. So just that in itself, 52, more than half of the people want affordable rental housing. They want it, but they can't, you know, it's not available for everybody. So 78% had a residence prior to becoming homeless. 78% of the homeless population had a place to live prior to becoming homeless, which is crazy. I mean, all of us are basically one paycheck away from becoming homeless. It's true. It's so true. But I think a lot of us aren't. I mean, me in particular, there were a couple of times where I probably could have been homeless, but because I have such a great support system with friends and family, I don't think that would ever happen. But a lot of the the people that are homeless that have lost their their jobs and their their housing, they don't have the support of friends and family to help them along. So they're basically on their own. And if you don't have income coming in, then you're not going to be able to to live in an apartment, especially in the Bay Area, because you just can't afford it. I mean, people that have a job that pays well, they're struggling too. And, you know, even couples that break up, they aren't moving out because they can't afford to live by themselves. So they end up staying together for a while, six months to a year, until they can find a place that they can move into. So this is what the Bay Area is dealing with, and they've been dealing with this for quite some time. So there's subpopulations within the homeless, and chronically homeless is 2,000 236 people, and 73% of those are unsheltered. There's 692 veterans, and 79% of them are unsheltered. And 731 people are unaccompanied youth and young adults, and 80% of those are unsheltered. There are 7,500 people in 7,500 households, so that are single adults, So that's 84% that are unsheltered single adults. For families, uh, there's about 95% that are sheltered, 5% unsheltered. And unaccompanied youth, uh, it's about 69%, so 29 people in 29 households. The age range for the survey among homeless is 73% are between the ages of 25 and 59 and 14% are 60 and above. And that just breaks my heart that we aren't taking care of our elders. That's just that's just wrong. It's sad and it's disgusting that you know we cannot take care of our elders. The people that brought us up did everything that they could to bring up their children and their families. And here we are seeing 60 plus on the street with no shelter, living in a tent, 
barely getting their food and their medical. And people that are homeless have a shorter lifespan because they're not getting the medical attention they need, getting their blood pressure checked, their cholesterol. They're not getting that. People age faster when they're homeless than if they were housed. You have to be housed to get healthy because you have that support. You have that stability of having a roof over your head. You're able to make your medical appointments. You're able to get food. And people don't understand that when you're homeless. You know, you don't have a place to shower, a place to brush your teeth, to wash your clothes, because you you have so much to take care of. So we need to house the homeless in order for them to be healthy and get the help that they need. Race and ethnicity compared to the general population. For black and African Americans, 47% are homeless. 31% are white. Uh, Multiple races is 14%. Um, American Indian, Alaska Native is 4%. Native Hawaiian, other Pacific Islanders, and Asian is 2%. And 14% of respondents identified as LGBT. So 61% are male, 35% female, 2% transgender, and 2% gender non-binary. And 62% of those experiencing homelessness for the first time were homeless for one year or more. Now there's a percentage um, of respondents that said that they were not interested in independent affordable rental housing or housing with supportive services. And that was 3%. So that's, you know, that's not that much. So majority of the people want to be housed. The age at first episode of homelessness, 32% are between the ages of 25 and 39. 19% between the ages of 49, 40 and 49. 19% between the ages of 40 and 49. And between the ages of 50 and 64 is 13%. And that older population, it just blows my mind every time I see that because we really should be taking care of the older population and the fact that they are on the street um, is really scary to me. And we should be you know, protecting them and taking care of them more than we are. So there's certain health conditions that the respondents reported 39% psychiatric emotional conditions, 30% alcohol and drug use, 30% per, 30% uh, PTSD, 26% chronic health problems, 24% physical disability, 13% traumatic brain injury, and 5% HIV AIDS related illness. And as far as the alcohol and drug use, Not everyone that becomes homeless is an addict. A lot of times they become addicts while they're homeless for a few reasons. One is because they've never been homeless. So that's a new experience, the stress of that. They get PTSD because being on the street, there's violence, there's theft, there are are drug addicts. Um, it's very scary. Like you have to, you know, a lot of them have to stay up at night to protect themselves as well as their belongings. Um, so a lot of them take drugs 
to stay awake. And then they take drugs to sleep during the day. So it becomes this cycle of staying up at night and sleeping during the day. And eventually they become addicted to whatever they're using. So when you walk down the street and you see someone that is homeless, you know, talk to them. They're human beings just like the rest of us. And, you know, just to push them aside or disregard them is not the way humans are to be to each other. You know, we always talk about being kind and helping each other out. And I think it's important to understand that this could be your son, your daughter, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father. We need to help as much as we can. So there are certain ways that you can help the homeless community. And one is to donate money, whether it's at a homeless shelter, uh, at a food bank. You can also donate new and used items. A lot of times they need these hygiene kits, whether it's toothbrush, toothpaste, deodorant, socks. Socks are a huge thing. You can volunteer at the homeless shelters. Um, You can volunteer at the food banks. You can, like I said, talk to a homeless individual. They're lonely. They're hurting. You know, they want human contact just like any of us. So the next time you see a homeless person, approach them with a smile and start a conversation. And you might be surprised how much it would brighten both of your days because they're not as scary as you think. You can be an advocate for a local organization. You can create blessing bags, which, like I said, contain snacks, personal hygiene items, socks, money, or other necessities. A lot of times I'll have like a sports bar, granola bar. I'll put in like $5 and put some socks and deodorant and toothpaste and toothbrush. And I'll have a couple sometimes in my car. And when I'm driving around town and I see someone that's panhandling, I'll either give them that kit if I have it, or I'll give them fruit or something. And you would be surprised how grateful they are to receive that packet or that banana or that apple. So if you want more information, you can go to everyonehome.org. You can go to the National Alliance to End Homelessness, which is at endhomelessness.org. And within Alameda County, you can call 211. So if you see someone that's on the street in your neighborhood, you don't know what to do, you can call 211, you can contact everyonehome.org, and they can um, direct you uh, or direct the the person that you're concerned about to resources. I think this is something that we all need to join in together and take care of each other and make this world a better place for everybody not just for the 1%, not just for those that can afford it, but everybody, because this is a crisis. And it's a crisis that unless all of us do something is going to take much longer to end. Thank you for listening to Women Who Sarcast and Real Deep Shit. Show music provided by Mike Imbassiani. You can find him at mikeimbassiani.com. 